Hello, kids, and welcome to another episode of the Endurance Cartel Podcast. I am your performance and lifestyle coach, Javier Pineda. If you're enjoying the content, make sure you share it with your friends to wherever they listen to their podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, Amazon, whatever. I'm everywhere. Try to leave a review. If you don't want to, that's okay. But know that if you do, you are supporting the podcast and it's pretty cool of you as well. If you want to know more of when the next episode is coming out, just head over to TheEnduranceCartel.com. Thank you for spending some time with me today. Now let's get down to business. I have some exciting news. By popular demand, we have now launched the Endurance Cartel podcast in Spanish. So make sure you tune in to our special guests next week. You won't be disappointed. Joe Canales is one of the most respected performance coaches in the world. He has worked with some of the top athletes in different sports, including Red Bull Formula One driver Checo Perez and also Mexican soccer star Javier Chicharito Hernandez. In this podcast episode, I talked to Joe about what it takes to be one of the best in the business and how a successful Formula One driver like Checo trains and recovers for races around the world. You won't want to miss this episode. Joe Canales, the myth, the legend. The Mexican one. How are you? Hey, thank you for being on the podcast, man. And just in time for Formula One Miami. Yeah, thank you for having me. And, and yes, we're a couple of weeks Thanks. away. I cannot tell you the amount of respect and admiration I have for not only you, but Checo as well. Though nobody can deny that he's an amazing driver, but you in the sense of getting him to the fitness he's in right now. And I'm sure you had a lot to do with it. Thank you. I came across this article that you trained for five years in Division One soccer for the Americas. You wanted to play for the Americas. So I, I played for six years and, and I did the first two with America, then mm -hmm. another one with Pumas and Then another between two and three with two teams from Puebla, my hometown. And let me ask you, did you at that point thought about becoming a trainer at all or you were just focused on being a soccer player and that's it? When did the training business come yeah, into your life? Yeah, no, it, it came afterwards. My first approach for fitness life, let's say, was somewhere around 17, 18 years old with a couple of friends going to the gym. Uh, before mm -hmm. of that, I always used to be a sports kid, play of sports, mainly soccer. I, mm -hmm. I have a twin brother, so we were competing since we were born. No way, you have a twin brother. He's a doctor. Identical no. twins or? No, in Spanish, he's cuatro, no, which is mellizos. And, and we're yeah. not identical, but we are alike very much. That's very so, cool. That's a fun fact. Yeah. <laughs> My dad used to play soccer as well. We, we get to play with him for a couple of years in the amateur divisions back, back home. We were always attached to sports. Then when I couldn't play anymore, I started training some of my friends who still played. And mm -hmm. one of them talked to me about BBC. I already own a CrossFit gym and I've done the CrossFit certifications, but then he told me about BBC and watch these guys are training elite athletes. They're making them improve and become a better athlete in their sports. You should see what they're doing. As soon as I saw you guys, I started applying for level one certification. I thought of mixing both of my experiences, first one as an athlete and then as a coach that gave me a nice approach. You're absolutely right. And it's amazing the amount of uh, street credibility you can get from being a former athlete, but more so that you actually educated yourself through DBC. And that just comes and proves to you and every trainer that has gone through that certification that you don't need to be in a very special gym to train high level athletes. 
education is everything. Education is everything. You would keep educating yourself and you're a living proof of results. What I've done, and there was this guy, Jordan, from Australia in my certification. Over I remember. There. Yeah, he, when he started his approach to look out for the 10 best trainers in the world and try to reach them and learn from them. So I took that and I started mm-hmm. looking for what I needed. I started training only soccer players at the beginning. And I had enough experience about this sport. But then after that, my brother is a golf coach, a very good one back in Mexico. He asked me to start training all his young golfers who are trying to get to college to U.S. So I have to educate myself on something new. And I have to understand what what was working. And it all comes down to how the body moves. Once you get that, you can translate that to any sport. So that was a first booster for me. As soon as I play this field, let they talk to my golfers and know what they're trying to do, how they're moving and how explosive. We're talking about rotations, pushing and then breaking so high speed that you have to be able to hold your body and, and balance it so you can do the proper movement. And then look for something else that there's people that has already studied and tried everything that you need for a golfer to move properly. When I came to Motorsport, and first of all, here in, in Motorsport world, you're not even called trainer, you're called physio because they only used to have a physiotherapist to get them aligned, take out muscle soreness, and then they start training. So I went back and say, where are the best physios in the world? And I ended up going to New York with a couple of physios over there that I met actually in DBC. They took me a bit further in what I needed to be inside of the physio part. And I still assess myself with a lot of physios. And I go the part of the way that I know I can take. And there is some things that you need the specialist. But that was my approach. Whenever I came into something that I needed to learn more, I look for the best ones. And then if there's a possibility, I go and do whatever I can with them. And I try to meet as many coaches as possible because there are a lot of good coaches working around the world. So everywhere I go, I meet them and talk to them. You do some feedback from both sides and you always get better learning by the others. Yeah, you said it. And it's all about networking. I like the one time that you reached out for just a question. And I enjoy that because you're such a humble guy and wanting to always learn more. And I'm always open for learning. For me, I'm never not learning. And that's what I love about you, man, that there are some trainers that, okay, I think I know it all. My pride is not going to let me ask anybody else, God forbid, what they're going to think of me. But you're not that way, man. And let me ask you, when you were training, uh, let's say Chicha, because you were training him in before Checo, those two guys are friends, right? Yeah, they, they know each other, yeah, of course, and it was fun. I was actually in Miami doing one of the DBCs. We have a friend in common, Chicharito and myself, which is Pepe, a trainer, soccer trainer. She talked to me and said, hey, we're on holidays. He has two weeks off before going back to Europe. We usually train together and I proposed him to train with you. When I started thinking of myself as a coach back in Mexico for athletes, that one was obviously one of my goals, No, let's train Chicharito. It was like a dream come true. I know Checo's brother back in Guadalajara and they have an amazing gym back home. I asked him if we could use it. So we ended up training those two weeks alongside Echeco and his trainer. It was good. But now that I think back, I was just starting and I did my best to train with him and I think we did a, a good job. But nowadays I know it could have been even more, but that was one of my first big tests and I just mm-hmm. enjoyed it so much. I just want to keep doing it. And Donnie Raymond, one of the owners at DBC, he says often that level one teaches you can use right away. And it, you, you use them right away. Looking, but looking back, uh, now, now you understand them a little bit more. You're like, oh, shit, I, I, I can actually 
could have done this. I could have, should have, man. But that just makes you even more creative. Training somebody like Checo, for instance, that's just on top of his game. You would train Checo in what year? You started training him in 2018 or 2017? 18, yeah. Yeah, and that's the year there was a thing going on with his contract. But that's the year they actually won a race, if I'm not mistaken. Or was it? No, no. he won on 2020. Yeah, we were in mask already. So yeah. What was your impression of him once you started working with him? There wasn't a proper physical, like the regular stuff you used to do with other athletes. I started adding a bit more intensity and add up some other movements and things, dynamics that could help. And I think that one of the things that I did over here with was that eventually we got hooked up into the training because he likes me and Chavi, the other coach, he likes us to train along with him. That's nice because once you get everything done properly, you can do it together. Of course, there are some special movements, neck strengthening and all of that. She's doing it and I'm assessing it. But with the regular stuff, we do it together. And it, it's again, they are sport players in competing. Once you get hooked with that and to be better than the other one, that helps a lot. We got that click. We still have it. Today, we have an amazing session. We haven't finished the session and I'm thinking to myself, we're just leveling up every time. Last week, I pretty pleased with what we done. I text him and told him, this is great, man. What you're doing now, it's another level. I think that's one of the main things that's happening here. It's we're just trying to get up and climb uh, one more step and one more step at a time. I like that what you just said, you texting him and being very pleased with the work. And as a trainer, I must say that I enjoy sending texts like that to clients that have I've seen them work hard and I've seen their improvements, but some, for some reason, they're so hard on themselves because they're so competitive that they don't see what you're seeing as a trainer. So this is when sending a nice message, hey, by the way, you're doing amazing. I feel that this session was just one of those groundbreaking ones that just yeah. sets you apart from all the rest of them. And that is such a great feeling as a trainer, just saying that. And I don't, never under control of anybody how the other person is going to receive it for me as a trainer giving that feedback it's much more endearing than receiving than when a coach would say that to me totally. because when a coach would say that to me i'm like oh, okay i guess i'm doing okay then those little details go a long way and that's part of a big success that you and him have as a team because i enjoy watching your instagram pictures videos that you post the pre-workout routines that i want you to explain what is it that you do before race per se with Checo? Yeah, so before the race, we're doing activation in every sense. We focus first on getting him a proper mobilization of every part of the body that is working over. Which is everything. Like a formula one. Yeah, yeah, the whole body is into so much strength all the time. That's tough. They activate with a bit of strength for the upper body with the crossovers. Those are like magic. He was struggling his shoulder and we ended up fixing his shoulder. Then we get the, some reaction drills. We juggle with some balls and also the reaction lights. That helps him a lot to get into the hand-eye coordination. And then activate the neck, which is going mm -hmm. to be into so much pressure from every side. And that's it. We go through all that protocol that we just slightly change it from the practices to the quality to the race. We build a bit more from every session and because the requirements go higher with each other. I've seen you use the fit lights. The crossover bands are just amazing. Like you said, working the shoulders, working the whole scapular with the, which is the back area exactly. of the shoulder area. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's a magic pill in a way. Do you see other trainers doing the same? So for other trainers, I don't know if everybody, but a lot of us inside Formula One, 
we're working with the reaction lights because it makes such sense. It's basically just like being there. So for start, when the race, they react to a light that goes off. Then they go with the hand. So what you're doing here is the reaction lights coming on and they hit them. It's the same thing. Imagine being seated with the narrow view you have with lights and the flags with the cars going by. So it's, I think it's the best way to make improvement in that kind of coordination. Of course, every neck strengthening neck device, harnesses, handwork, bands. There are many variants. You use them as your driver needs. So there are some that are jumping with the rope and doing boxing drills. We like to go more with the lacrosse ball and juggle. Let me ask you, what better said, has there been a day that Checo is having a probably a bad day and he has to get in the car? His state of mind has to be so grounded before he gets in the car. It's crucial for all 20 riders. Intense pressure situations going at 200 miles an hour and attention span just shifts. What do you say to Checo before a race? So for the first question you ask, it's not on a specific day, but there was this stage the last couple of races before going to Red Bulls, the last ones with Race Point, that mm-hmm. he doesn't know if he has a seat for next year. Those have been the best weeks. We were having so much fun. That was a time in which you could think this is done, we're over, or you can get stressed or overwhelmed because you don't know what's happening next. For us, it was also natural. It wasn't like, hey, let's let's go and find out how we can maybe approach this. It, it, it all came so naturally because we had nothing to lose and we knew that those might be the last moments. We were all in the same channel and it worked properly. It worked very well. The car was going pretty good. He was doing excellent. That's right. He, he won his first race. He did a tremendous job. Yeah, man, that was a big race. I remember that race and Checo did the race of a lifetime. Yeah. Yeah. But Joe, you're going to kill me, man. But I loved Hamilton. <laughs> I love <laughs> Hamilton. You're going to kill me, man. But uh, I was, but in a sense, rooting for Checo because of you. But also being the only Latin American, he did amazing the way he got Hamilton. Even Hamilton was like, who the hell is this guy, man? What is he doing? You got to give credit where credit's due. And this is the masterpiece that he played. Again, because he was doing his job right. Yeah, that's it. He's doing it all the time. Like looking for what else can be done and what can we do better. And that just pays off. Clearly. He was dehydrated for a race. Very dehydrated that something with his water not going through. How on earth did he finish that race? What did you do for him after that race? In Austin, it was in Austin last year. Yes. Yeah. The the drinking system didn't work. So he went the, through the whole race without drink. He came out completely worn off, tired. It was tough and we started hydration right away, but it was pretty, pretty tough. We, we joke of this because he came down asking for water. I gave him what I could, but I was laughing because I was really proud what the hell he has just done. I was laughing of joy. And so we were talking about it a couple of days after he was like, hey man, what the hell were you laughing for me about? It was like, man, this guy, what he just done. In sports, you're going to find those kind of situations in which you cannot control. They're out of what you planned or what you thought the things would be. It's all about how you manage those because those are the critical times in which how you respond will determine everything. He held on and did the whole way. It was great. Sometimes it, it won't get to where you thought you were going to go. But as long as you manage and respond as the best way you can, this yeah. like bad situations come to you. That's what we are training and preparing ourselves for such in sports as in life. It's how you respond to those. But you guys had 
a couple of races there that it was Austin and then I think it was Mexico or was it Mexico and then Austin? It was Austin and then, yeah. and then he had another race of his life. His dad was in tears. Then there was a beautiful picture of his boy watching over on the sides, looking at him like his hero. It gets me even choked up. I was happy for him. And I was wondering how you guys manage with sleep and how you counsel Checo on his sleep. Because of all the time differences, I know that Nico Rosenberg had a sleep specialist when he would travel. So the time difference would not affect them on his race. Yeah. So first of all, the first thing is we are taking an approach of traveling as a recovery phase. Being mm -hmm. to a plane for so many hours is extremely demanding to the body. If you don't do something about it, it will take a toll on you. So we're using the legs. Yeah. The terabody ones. Yeah. Yeah, we're going with those. We're talking about hydration, trying to avoid caffeine and get as many hours sleep as you can. And as soon as we get to the destination, we go through a posterior chain protocol mobilization, stretching, get back to a proper way of moving. And those are for recovering and traveling. And for the jet lag, when you have a long flight, like this last one to Australia, try to get there ahead a couple of days so you adapt yourself to the new time zone. Ice. Suck at jet lag. I saw I every time because my wife's French and every time we have to go to Europe, I've tried everything under the sun, man. And I always spend, let's say we're spending six days in Paris or wherever we go. And I spent the first three days asleep. I don't remember anything. <laughs> and then you get there. Uh, yeah, I'm a mess. And then I have to come back and adapt again. My kids adapt better than I do. My son is still, it's the same as me. He passes out everywhere he goes. So Basically, we can't go to any restaurants or anything because I'll just fall asleep. Yeah, and I'm done, man. Let me ask you this. Have, has Chick ever given you the, the cars? Never. Formula in, One? In the cars? No I would have asked for that thing a long time ago. <laughs> Check out. And I brought it myself, so I'm fine without it. <laughs> that would be amazing, though. I've seen all these simulators. They go around, uh, what, 20 grand? Or so, Checo has one and he must know the courses left and right. Visualization wise, he does what he does before going towards a race or whatnot. Yeah. And also taking out the like the new ones, he's done the other ones like 11 times. No? And what I'm saying 11 times is you get three days in a row for 11 years. So you get to know the, the races and they stuck on you. I'm really amazed when you... I don't know if you ever talk to a golfer after a round. They can be maybe a week after it and they can go hole to hole and they perfectly remember what they hit, how it was at the wing, where the flag was. So for me, it's when they're doing that, talks into, the, into their minds so much that get like this memory of it pretty clear. I think it's the same for racers as for, I don't know, soccer, football players. They remember mm -hmm. the game and the way it went by pretty clear. And I think for these guys, it's the same. So even with the new ship, they get to remember it. Not easy, but fast because that's what they do. And also during the Grand Prix weekend, going through it with their engineers, they are not analyzing everything. So they got it pretty digested. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And all these guys, they all have that in common. Look at LeBron when he finishes a game and he's in a press conference. He's going about talking play by play. If it's not happened and it's and you and you're seeing that and you're like, wow, but this is us as a spectator. But for them, their livelihood, they have to remember that just like you and me, we remember movements. We remember it's not this, you, that you track your knee or your hip or in this way or this yeah. way. But they don't see that because they're in another position. But we can clearly talk about that. In the simulator, do you watch him in a simulator like he's doing and you're watching him, how he moves, what he does? Has he ever asked for anything? Has he ever expressed anything? 
So no, in the simulator, no, but for the second part of the question, yeah. So especially this year, I think we're doing like some debrief faster race, like talking about what could we've done better and what can we add, what we need to change. If anything comes up, there's always some things that you can improve. Not in the simulator. I think that's for every coach. I don't know if that happens to you, but sometimes I find myself like right before going to bed thinking of what we can improve or let's say I'm thinking about what if we add this or you're always thinking about something else for the next sessions or the year or for the season. That shows that you're rested and you get creative. I see it as growth because sometimes when I feel like I'm burnt up in a way that I need a vacation, I'll take some days off. I come back and my head is expanded in ways of, okay, this exercise I can do it with this way with this person. And it just flows, man. And this is where I get my love for my quote-unquote job because it's I, I I call it a job but I don't feel like I'm working if that makes sense I enjoy it so much that I could because I have to put food on the table I can't say it's free <laughs> it's <laughs> just but you also work with other athletes man I've seen you work with other people and you have an online business as well how's that going is it are you after Formula One are you planning to just expand that or what are your plans after Formula One or just train the whole 20 riders ah, that could be a good one I don't have an exact one after this. Yes, I have my online business. We're doing some challenges back home and those are great because there's a lot of people who we all want to be fitter and feel better and look better with ourselves. Sometimes we don't get a proper chart of how to do that. We found a way that we can help a lot of people by some basic things about us when we're starting or or haven't done like a a proper time and haven't been like in active fit for a long of time and that helps a lot because we do these challenges there's a prize and you can see the pictures from the beginning and the end the faces of the people at the beginning is completely serious after what they're all smiling because they're proud of themselves I own my gym since 2013 and we've been adapting it through so many times we have people from as young as 15 as into maybe late 60s they are all moving proper, feeling good and making a community. I love that. Every time I'm home, I try to teach a class or two. With the athletes, I've started developing a team of coaches that can assist me. So I have to leave this year in June, which is one of my soccer players. But now he has a coach over there that's working with me. The golfers that I told you, I have some horse riders, swimmers, young kids driving carts. We are doing a, a team over there. I'm going to developing other other athletes uh, and other coaches right now. And I'm working right now in a certification that I want to do back in Mexico because that's amazing. have one proper movement. I'm going for a basic one. I, I want people to know if they're a coach in a gym, in a team or whatever, how to look at the basic movements, how to teach them, how to correct them, how to assess them. And after, I don't know, I, I, I would like to still go with another athlete, like it is one-on-one, 100%. But I want to be able to decide in which sport, obviously, my preference is going to with another Mexican. I would like to do that. That was my idea. After Checo retires, I would like to get another athlete and, and keep doing this. Maybe, do you think, has Checo ever told you? I don't think he has, but, or if he has, I think you may be private. But in the fact of going to NASCAR or stuff like that, no, right? no he would never say No, that. no, I haven't talked about the, that specifically. No, we've talked about how many more years he wants to be here. And I think mm-hmm. he will be only a Formula One driver. That's what I think. I, I hope so, man. Because he's such a legacy that you remember Checo as the Formula One driver, not as an Indy driver or a NASCAR driver or any or Gran Turismo driver. He's the Formula One driver. And I 
hope he stays like that. The fact that you're, you're educating, man, I was, goes back to our initial question and our first topic in how important it is to all these up and coming trainers that they're just looking at their Instagram and just looking whatever ex trainer is doing. And then they go out and copy that same thing with their clients. And I know it's the primary movements or can be at the beginning boring, but they are very effective and they can change you. So it's just the way you deliver it. Yeah, that happens for me. I think of what you said that we go through Instagram as a beginner coach or as a new person who's trying to get into this business. And what you're seeing over there, most of the time is the sexy stuff. A couple of likes, reaction, and then catch something and go through something. And it sells a lot and a lot of views. But you don't get to do sexy stuff every day and for a lot of time. That's just the cherry on top. You can get it completely bad because if you only see that and then you start throwing cherries to your mouth, that won't get him anywhere. You build everything around the basic movements. I think they're going to be there all the time and in a higher volume than anything else. So once you get that and you part from that, then you can start experimenting and trying to add on some more stuff that will help your athletes. And that will also, there are going to be some of those cherries that, that you can deliver better and some others that maybe you cannot pulled over there because we as a coaches, we also have to get some skills and develop what, where are we adding up to our athletes and where are we not? So I think it's pretty important. And what happened with media is nobody tells you that you're only like showing off. Yeah, it looks nice. That's what mm -hmm. it's made for. No Instagram, it's instant gratification. It's let's see what's good and what's going well. That's not education and that's not how you're getting your athletes to be who they are. So if you're going through this business and if you want to get into it, you have to be completely aware of that. Amen to that, brother. Amen. I keep asking myself, what am I posting for? What's the purpose of it? What is the benefit? Is it more for ego purposes or is just trying to get something across? And this is why I, I've fallen in love podcasting and interviewing trainers or personalities like yourself. I, believe it or not, I, I'm asking you questions and I'm just ch shutting down just whatever you're saying. And some things I like that you said that I acknowledge, it's keeping myself open to whatever knowledge I can get, because this is what I've chosen instead of going through Instagram. And because there are some trainers right now that are actually posting some good stuff in how you can learn, how you can go about. And I love the things you post and I love how you elaborated on that. I'm just not posting about the sexy stuff, but actually posting about what it truly benefits. Where can people find you, man? For the listeners, where can people find you and they want to get some online sessions with you? Where would you direct them? Do you have an Instagram page or a web? Yeah, thank you, man. Yes. So for all of you, my Instagram is Javi Will. For you guys, <laughs> it's, that Spanish is not the, your thing. And I miss. Right now, the best place to get in contact with me is over there. And I'm maybe a week away or two of getting my web page out. So mm -hmm. that will be the primary channel after that. But get me on Instagram and I'll make sure to inform when the webpage is ready. And of course, if anyone wants to, to do something with me, I'm always open and glad to help you guys. That's great, man. And also you're coming to Miami soon, right? So we're going to be yeah. meeting up, man. We're over there for the Miami Grand Prix. Uh, and you're, weeks. you're coming in two weeks almost, right? Yeah, two more weeks. It's in the 8th, I think it's uh, the 6th. The, the race is the, the 7th or the 8th? The 8th. The 8th, right? It's Mother's Day weekend. Yeah. Yeah, so meet you there, my friend. Hey, man. Hey, Joe, I appreciate your, your time. And like I said at the beginning, nothing but respect and admiration for you, my friend. I cannot say enough about how an amazing person you are and what an amazing trainer. And thank you very much for your time.
Thanks to you, my friend. It's really, it's, a, it's an honor for me to be here because I, when I started my career, I was just looking up to you guys and what you were doing and trying to, to get somewhere close to that and to be now invited here to talk to you. It's an honor. So thank you very much for everything and the learning and the, this kind of things. I really enjoy them. So thank you, my friend. Kudos. And uh, listen, I'm a Checo fan, man, but I'm, I'm, I'm still a Mercedes fan. All right, brothers, just understand. Then we're going to be rivals in a couple of weeks. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoy this episode. Please stay tuned for next week's guest, performance coach and DBC Fitness athletic trainer, Elise Caldwell. Also, stay tuned for my first guest on the Endurance Cartel podcast in Spanish. Thank you again. Have a great day and train smart.